Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the natural. Restart. What did I Welcome. Oh, boy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Natural Born Hunter podcast. I'm your host, Will Bradley. <laughs> we have on the show Justin Cooch from Boston Bow Hunter, and accompanying him is longtime Northeast Hunter, star of the film Wing Print, Jake Bennett. Boys, how are you doing today? How come I have to accompany him? How come he doesn't accompany me? Because he's Sorry, just so good looking. <laughs> hey, you know, shoe fits. I always introduce the handsome guy first. That's why Phil's usually the first one when he's here. <laughs> Big sexy dude. Okay, I, I can accept that. That's right. Doing fine today. Doing good. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Uh, so, you're both Northeastern hunters, and here in the Northeast, and throughout most of the country, turkey season is either starting to get fired up or it's about to get fired up. Let's talk a little your plans for this turkey season. You go first, Justin. Well, Justin's plans are to go with me hunting. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, Jake wants me to go with him hunting. He wants me to shoot his gun. <coughs> this thing, apparently this thing is it's a myth. It's slayed, I don't know what. 12, 14 birds last season. Well, the gun, the gun I made last year? Yeah. I made a, well, I made a, I didn't, I can't say I made a shotgun. I bought like a home tactical defense shotgun for like cheap, like 300 bucks, semi auto, and I turned it into a turkey slaying machine. You guys, should you guys be bow hunting? I mean, this is Boston bow hunter, Mr. Jake. That's Clay. what I said. I, I do bow hunt for turkeys occasionally. It's just, occasionally. Uh, I went hunting last year. I shot my turkey with a bow. Don't make me tell tell. That's not that's not cool. <laughs> what? Okay. Granted, here. So I shot my turkey with a shoot it with the bow. <laughs> no. No. So here's a funny story. So, actually, it's stupid. Shot my turkey with a bow. Go over to him. Like, oh great, turkey's dead. Here we go. Throw it over the shoulder. Get a little action shot. So I'm walking back to my truck throw in the truck. I feel something moving. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So all of a sudden, my turkey wakes up. My buddy snaps a picture as it's happening. And I'm holding this thing like this as it's trying to fly away. The spurs are digging into my wrist. So like, I'm like, I'm not even sure of what to do. So I just go, boom, slap its head off the ground. It's knocked out again. Uh, unfortunately, I had to take it to the truck and, you know, give him the cut. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting scene in itself. But I'm gonna start a slow clap because it's epic. <laughs> Dude, so you you knocked the turkey out twice. Yeah. I if we had a dry erase board right here that said reasons not to bow hunt for turkeys, that'd be one <laughs> reasons not to. You know, the it's, only it's, reason. It'd be the it's only funny. <clears throat> no. Funny too because well, Will, the difference. I mean, you you live in upstate New York. I grew up in upstate New York. Turkey hunt. Everybody turkey hunts with a gun. Fifth best turkey hunting in the U.S. Apparently, according to some recent surveys. Recent? It used to be a lot better. That really bad winter a few years ago knocked down the. I mean, I don't know where you are, but up this winter might have been rough too for them. Yeah. So I've seen a lot the, difference out. Is, the difference being is out here in Massachusetts, we have multiple multiple towns that are no discharge of firearms. You can't shoot a gun in. So the turkey population there has absolutely flourished. Or you're within distance of like a bird feeder, and it is actually harder. 
I find it harder to kill a uh, turkey with a gun than I do with a bow here. It's, it's just it, because the turkeys you're going to be bow hunting have never been hunted before in their life. I don't think you swayed me from it being a good idea to hunt turkey with a bow. This is so, true. Admittedly, that was my first turkey kill. And I have to say, it was interesting because you never – I realize these things, their feathers are like – they're like armor. Like I remember I pulled back, and I got a turkey coming in. I pulled back, about to launch on it, let go, and it just looks over, dink, arrow gone. Just deflects the arrow. doesn't even penetrate it, nothing. And it just, you know – Nothing at all. So I'm like, okay, what the hell was that? I just dropped it. This I should have dropped this. What the fuck just happened? So you know, I knock another one, draw back, shot it. You know, it, it, I penetrated this time, and you know, it was messed up. And waited for a couple minutes, and well, we thought it was dead. You know, I went over, threw it over the shoulder, and you know how that turned out. But uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting first turkey hunt. But back back to the back to the. Uh the question at hand yeah i'm gonna I'll, i'm gonna bow hunt for turkeys this year quite a bit but i take out a lot of people um for the first time and um i, I just i refuse to use a blind when i'm turkey hunting and um uh, just a personal preference uh if, if your woodmanship skills are not like up to par i mean hunting turkeys with a bow without a blind it's a pretty daunting task uh, you know it's uh it's tough to do especially when you're trying to film it and without like a slew of decoys i'm a big fan of uh I'm one of those mobile hunters. I like to run and gun, go 100 yards, call, go 100 yards and call, go 100 yards and call until you strike up a bird that wants to dance. And uh, so I enjoy shooting with a gun. Um, it's pretty definitive if you are shooting with a gun, if you get them to come in. Um, that being said, yeah, I'm a, I, I bow hunt every year for turkeys, just not 100% of the time. So what would be your top three pieces of advice for somebody who wants to be a successful turkey hunter here in the Northeast? Uh, persistence. Uh, to be honest with you, it takes 10 seconds to turn around the best, uh, the worst day you've had in the woods to the best day. Like, just don't give up hope. Um, if you think you're doing something wrong, change it up a little bit. Just be persistent. Um, it, one piece of advice is right there. Just, you know, also get out there early. Spend your time in the woods before the season. Learn how birds act. Learn how they move. Learn what they sound like. Try to replicate live hens. Um, and third thing is expectation management. You're not going to kill one every single time you go out. You got to enjoy the small things in life. The, you know, Mother Nature waking up the world in the morning. There's nothing, I mean, spring at 530 in the morning in North America is beautiful. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just gorgeous. Everything, it goes from being dead quiet, all you can hear is peepers, to every single thing in the world waking up. And uh, it's not everybody, it's not every day that you get to see that. So enjoy everything while you're out there. You're not going to kill one every time. What would you say is the best spot in these northeastern states to hunt turkey? The best spot? If you, if you could only hunt one place, one place for turkey this year, where would you go? Mm. Hunts you're not allowed to hunt. <laughs> mm. No. <clears throat> um, for success reasons or uh, the reason that if I had, if they said you can only hunt for one weekend this year, where would you go? I'd go back to New York with my father. That's right. New York. In New York. Well, New I'll tell you what, York. the population in Otsego County sucks right now. It's not nearly what it was. It's just uh, those hills have a lot of memories, you know, of mine. And uh, walking through there and going through and hunting with my dad and running gun with my father, every time we kill one, it's just that much more special, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
not to be mushy about it. So what kind of calling technique do you employ for these turkeys? Every single one under the sun. I'm one of those like <laughs> – I'm like one of those uh, diaphragm, two, two or three pot calls and a box call type of guy in the woods every time I go. Um, I'm aggressive. Uh, Couldn't tell. Yeah. I call a lot and I call loud. My father calls me Thunder Lips. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. That could be a movie in itself. Yeah, as soon as as soon as <laughs> I think it, I think it was. I think it was a movie. It was uh, Hulk Hogan in Rocky Five. That's right. He was Thunderlips. <laughs> right, the ultimate male. That's right. That's right. Um, I, 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 have you ever sat there and listened to a, a hen like when she thinks nothing's around? They're constantly making noise. They're not always just yelping, but they're peeping and purring, and they do that constantly. So even if a gobbler is not near, I'll just uh, scratch a few leaves, a little cluck purr, a little cluck purr. It drives my father nuts because he'll elbow me and say, you're, you're overcalling. Well, it works. <laughs> so, you know, you got the, there's, a, there's, a, there's a two schools of thought on turkey hunting where my father is the kind that he's going to stick and stay and make it pay. He'll pick one spot. He'll hunt one bird. The bird answers him in the roost. And you can hear the bird walking away from him. You can just hear him going off. And I'm like, all right, let's move. He goes, nope, he'll be back. Then he'll sit there for two, three hours. Oh. And uh, it's the most boring hunting ever. But sure as the sky is blue, he'll kill that bird. Right before noon. He'll be sitting there all day, get chewed up by mosquitoes, but he'll kill that bird probably right before noon. Just not my style. I like to hunt. So who do you think is a better hunter, would you say? My Who's father. Your dad? Your dad? My father. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, so humble. That had, to hurt. that had to hurt giving up that one. No, not at all. Not at all. I wouldn't be what I am if it wasn't for my father. You know, He's a good and, man. He's an awesome all, man. Yeah, and all the, uh, you know, and he tolerated me, dude. He let me, he let me, he let me grow up to, to be an adult. <laughs> he didn't kill me at a young age, which he probably should have. <laughs> I, I, I kill more birds than my father does. My father has more patience than I do. That's for a fact. That's a fact. Bruce Almighty. Right. So I notice uh, there's some large white tail mounts uh, on the wall behind you. And yeah. that, as you know, we've got the, the man from Boston, bow hunters here today. Let's get into a little uh, deer hunting since, I mean, <laughs> turkey are great and all. Uh, yeah. But, but let's talk deer season. All right. All right. You guys, the Northeast not known for its uh white tail deer population obviously yep right. however from pictures i've seen and the evidence on the walls it would seem uh you're not hurting for big white tail these are all kansas bucks all of them <laughs> <laughs> where did you get those yeah i bought them on ebay even yeah, uh, never mind then i guess i'll just retract <laughs> all those statements <laughs> Uh, no, I've never hunted anywhere but the Northeast. I've never hunted uh, deer or turkey anywhere but New York, Vermont, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire. So let's get right into it, the nitty-gritty of it all. What do people need to do to get big whitetail in the Northeast? Where do they start? Where do they go from there? You want to answer, Justin? Well, it takes a lot of work, you know. Out here, we have obviously, you know, less of a population than we do, you know, you guys do out in the Midwest. And 
from what I've gathered in my time hunting, which is, you know, I've only been doing this for probably seven, eight years now. And it seems like whatever you see people do in the West, that can work. But if you want to be successful, you kind of have to do the opposite. You know, there's a lot of guys, you know, you look at the book Urban Deer Complex and the ideologies that A.J. DeRosa presents and you kind of, uh, you know, if you try to evolve and adapt with those and use those methods, like thinking of how bucks, you know, they're in suburban backyards, you know, they're right in suburbia and they know that they're safe there because for the majority of the time you can't hunt there. But if you can find a way to, you know, get in between one of their travel routes, for example, I mean, there's a good chance you're going to be able to pattern and find a good buck. And uh, I mean, that's that's just from what I'm getting after reading that. And there's a there's there's always a way to do something. You know, sometimes during the rut, you got a buck come in and, you know, you, you do what you got to do, but they may not stick around. They may. It really all depends. It seems like the older they get, the smarter they are, and they just, they really just figure out how to, you know, get out of being where they, they shouldn't be, so. Yeah. Um, Jake, what would you say? What would your big advice be? Um, not sure if I'm qualified to give advice. I've just been very lucky <laughs> yeah. uh it, it's i i i am so far from having it figured out it's it, it you know you learn something new every year i listen to other hunters other successful hunters uh open ear open-minded on, on new tactics and what people are doing at the time um i've been very fortunate to kill some very nice bucks and uh I, people can say oh yeah that guy knows how to kill a big deer every year it's nothing more than luck it's luck, but when you are prepared and you put the effort in, you increase your chances of having good luck. That's for sure. Um, much to what Justin said, I mean, coming from upstate New York, it's totally different. In, in New York, you have a piece of property and you look for a big buck on that property. You know what I mean? Out here, you look for a big buck, then you look for a piece of wood you can hunt him in. Um, and uh, places like, like Maine, Maine has, I mean, look at the giants coming out of Maine this past year. Oh my gosh. That's just like, uh, rack size, but they're just so heavy. Monster deer out of Maine, southern New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, you know, even Vermont. I know that a couple 140s, 150s came out of Vermont this year. Um, um, the number one thing to do, I, I don't know. I mean, you just, the thing is, you got to be out there. You got to, you know, if you have a technology, use it to your advantage. Pull up maps on your, on your computer, look for possible travel routes, find out what kind of deer are there, use your trail cameras. Um, yeah, Google Maps is huge. Google I Maps is that. big. Look for stuff like that. Uh, you know, um, if I see a piece of land I'm interested in, I'll go right home and Google Maps and look at an aerial view and just try to t you know take a look at the terrain and you know see what's got for the overlying features. But it's uh, Google Maps is definitely a plus and really try to take advantage of using technology as much as we can. You know, and you gotta you know it's it's uh it's one of those things where I, I do believe that. Every town has a big buck. There are big bucks. Every town USA has at least one or two big bucks in them. You know what I mean? It's just how bad you want them. If you want to put the effort to find them and dedicate your season to them, and you know, I, we're 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 men, so that means that we're very easily distracted. So, mm. <laughs> you know, if you were focused on one buck and then another good buck shows up in the area, you if you want to kill a big one, you can't split your time. Uh, I mean, I've done that. I've I've. <laughs> I've been off the deer for a few years. I probably would have killed him if I hadn't been distracted and gone after another one. You know, it's uh, um, it's one of these things where it's it's a hard mindset. I'm far from having the mindset perfected. There are guys out there who do have it, and I listen as much as I can to them. 
pick up as much as you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what, what then would turn you on to a piece of land that makes you want to go home and Google Earth it? Seeing deer. <laughs> see, seeing well, deer. seeing deer, but I mean, you can drive by and see it, and you just be like, man, that looks like a sweet piece. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, put the ground under your feet. Put ground under your feet and uh, check it out. See what it looks like. You know, learn how to interpret deer sign. You know, the size of a deer's track, the height of a buck's rub. You know, everybody thinks, oh, man, this buck rubbed a huge tree. He must be a monster. I've seen spike horns rub trees the size of my waist. You know, it's um, it, actually up until a few years, I, I never even owned a trail camera. So I never knew. You know, I was like, oh, I was hunting bucks. I was like, oh, this buck's got to be humongous. Look at the size of the scrape. Look at the size of the rub. Then you put a trail camera on it. It's like a, a three by two <laughs> with a decent spread <laughs> on it, you know. So. Uh, I mean, technology has definitely, definitely led to a lot of my success. I know that for a fact. What's your uh, favorite pieces of technology to employ in the field? To be honest, uh, trail cameras. Every day is like Christmas, man. You know, you, you go out there, you check your trail camera, you bring the card home, and it's like unwrapping a present. Is it going to be a pair of underwear, or is it going to be like a radio-controlled car? <laughs> it's, oh, it's, man. I get so excited, too. Yeah. Well, you don't talk like you're, you're, you're lucky you don't get pulled over. You're speeding home so fast. You want to check those cards out. That's right. That's right. How Everybody wants an RC car. Nobody wants yeah. a pair of underwear. Nobody wants food to lose. Like, I, I've literally brought like a $3,000 DSLR in the pouring rain out just to check them in the field because I couldn't wait to bring it home. You know? That's why I love how they have those little uh, the SD card readers. You can just plug right into your phone now. And then you go, to, you know, you go check your camera. Take out the SD card, plug it right in. You can get all your pictures you need right in your phone. You don't have to go all the way back to the house and walk back, plug in the trail, you know, the SD card again. So it really saves you a lot of trouble and time and effort. And plus, you know, everyone has their own gist on scent control and whatnot. I know Jake personally doesn't like or doesn't care much for, you know, putting a scent down in the woods because. Yeah. I mean, here's my thing with scent control. There I've talked to a lot of people, and you know, like I said, I, I try to listen to people who've done it, who know what they're talking about. And I've talked to a few people, uh, a guy who owns a, a, a doe urine, you know, a urine company, they call it our deer farm. And I mean, deer are not opposed to human scent. Certain scents out there that aren't natural, they smell it all the time. You have to think about it. Unless you're hunting like the Canadian border or somewhere deep in the woods, they've smelled human scent before, whether it be gasoline, gun oil, whatever. But there are certain scents that trigger them to be on toes. And those are the scents I try to avoid. Uh, we were talking with a friend of ours yesterday who's like, I don't eat garlic all deer season. Oh, yeah. John. I, like, I don't think I can live without eating garlic all deer season. Because your body, it secretes it. Like, it's, you know, you can smell it on your skin. I'm not giving up garlic during deer season. Are you kidding me? I'm afraid, oh. of, I'm afraid of vampires. Garlic parmesan wings. <laughs> you know? So, there's certain things, you know, scent control. I wash my clothes at least once a week. Uh... I'm, I'm habitual about scent killing spray. I bring it in the woods with me. I spray down up in the tree stand every hour. Yeah. You know, antimicrobial stuff, the good stuff. Sometimes I'm climbing up a tree stand. I can't help but sweat. You know, you're climbing 20, 25 feet up. That's because you're fat. Wow. <laughs> low blow, Jake, low blow. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you, you just sweat. You're climbing up, humping your way up a tree. It is what it is, and you got to uh, – spray yourself back down because they're going to catch you i mean i had a doe come in this year i was fortunate enough to harvest but uh you know she came in about 30 yards and she kept trying to win me non-stop and she finally came in at like i don't know probably 25 20 yards and did you was, harvest that doe? yeah i was able to draw back and uh you know I, I had to hold that draw for a good 
probably two and a half, three minutes until she finally turned her head and walked behind a tree. And I, you know, sent one home to the boiler room, but it was tough. You know, she just kept winning me nonstop. And I was glad I had, you know, sent myself down, got rid of my scent before she came along. All right, let me ask you this. To pee or not to pee <laughs> in the deer stand? Not to pee. No. I, this was coming. Uh, you know, I try to hold it, but uh, if I have to pee, I mean, I've peed in a bottle, but I've also said, fuck it. If I don't have a bottle, I'm going to pee. You know, it is what it is. So, your language is so ladylike. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how we are here in New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah. No, I pronounce my R's. Um, that's because I'm from the Empire State. So, <laughs> I don't believe... See, here's a... It, there are two schools of thought. I've seen people say, well, I pee in buck scrapes, and they tear it apart. That's because urine's broken down to basic ammonia. But after a certain amount of time, if I drink my cup of dunks on the way to the stand, and I pee off the stand, what, what's it smell like? Coffee. You know what I mean? Until it gets time to be broken down and then come back to basic ammonia. And then by saying a deer is going to be scared of that, considering I just gave a little lecture on deer used to smelling strange things in the woods. No, but if you're chasing a big buck, like a five, six-year-old buck, do you want to have that advantage that you have him just pissed on the ground? Yeah. You know, it takes two seconds to put a Gatorade bottle in your backpack or a sippy cup, you know. Sippy cup. How long does it take for, like, the for your urine to, like, dilute? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I want you to pee in a Dixie cup tonight and leave it at your bedside in the morning. Wake up and see what it smells like. Oh, that smells <laughs> can, great. Can we rewind? You said you harvested a dough. I don't know, man. Lately, lately, I've had not issue with it, but I slaughtered a dough. Well, what do you do? You say harvested or killed? What's that? You say harvested or killed when you when you talk about? Oh, I I, I harvested this turkey. I kill it. I kill shit. I don't harvest shit. I kill I it. I suck. That's it. I just suck. No, you don't suck. No, well, this is funny because, you know, look at that. I, I will say harvest. I'll be like, man, that dude really harvested a nice. I say both, but when I'm <coughs> talking about myself. They're interchangeable. Kill it. Yeah. Well, I think I it depends that. on the audience, but just I just bring this up because there was, um, you know, social media. Somebody had asked me about it and. There was an argument and blah, 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 and don't bow down to liberal media and feel like you have to soften it up for people and say harvest. I personally feel like I kill the animal. I harvest the meat. You know what I mean? But it's just, uh, I don't know. Do you think it's softening up the uh, what we do by saying harvest? There could be a lot of farmers watching this, so that's why I chose the word harvest. I think, you know, the way I look at it, is people, like you say, they interchange the word harvest for a couple of reasons. One, they might want to sound a little more intelligent, a little more. Uh, um, Which is Justin. Um, well, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. They <laughs> want to sound a little like, more intelligent. They maybe want to make it sound like a little uh, deeper. Or, yeah. you know, maybe it's just a term. They're, that's that's what's used in their conolects, you know, in their day-to-day their -day life. That's what other people are saying. So you absorb words and you say it. Um you know, some people, you know, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to offend people or, or put make it sound as harsh as the reality is because the reality of killing something, I mean, we've all watched something die. It's not a uh, heartwarming Disney moment for the deer, you know. <laughs> I yeah. don't think anyone out there is going to, I don't care how, how quick you could say the deer's diet or how 
how you know fast or ethical or this or that. I mean, at the end of the day, that deer in that moment is not doesn't care what word you're using. He's he's not stoked about what's going on. You know, right. it's a big scary. Well, I mean, some actually I've seen they don't even know what's happened. But for those that know what happened, it's freaking on. You know, it's fight or flight. And in those final moments, you know, they're. Whoo. I mean, I could have made it sound like a Boston mob movie, like, you know, yeah, whack you get over that deer. Yup, whacked it, gone. Whack them and stack them, baby. Oh my God, okay. that's the if it's brown is down, whack and down. stack. Oh, yeah. that's a new down, thing on Facebook too. That's a new thing on Facebook. You see, uh, like in the group, you see BBD, <laughs> big buck down. See, I've always translated BBD to something else, so I, I stay away from that <laughs> moniker all the yeah, time. Yeah, well, if, if, it's Justin, if it's Justin, it stands for Big Black Donut. He has his <laughs> thing for chocolate sticks. I do. They're pretty good. Chocolate crullers. That kid melts for them. <laughs> no, buckle, knees gone, done. So good. Pretty gross, actually. Loves BBD. Loves the BBD. Love it. Eat that whole donut if, one bite. If, it, if it's not a BBW, it's a BBD. The kid loves it. <laughs> So, so what do you use, Jake? You a kill or a harvest guy? I'm a kill guy. Kill guy? I think it's... Yeah. I mean, death is well, it's, inevitable, it's, it's right? Tough. We're all on the same train yeah. going to the same location. It's tough. I mean, uh, my profession, I'm surrounded by a lot of non-hunting people. And, uh, you know, I try to be sensitive to their, uh, <laughs> to their ears. But it's kind of a... I don't know. You, you learn what offends people, what doesn't offend them. If you're offended by the word kill, then... You know, I think if, people you, are if you eat meat, if, if you eat, yeah, people get well, offended by death. The thought of death, the thought of somebody causing something's death. I mean, nobody, and that's the thing. Like you say, if you eat meat, you you're you're part you're parcel part of to the action going on. But for some reason, it is a big big wall between. Hey, the death's on that side of the wall. The meat's on this side of the wall. We don't right. give an f what is going on on the other side of the wall. We only care that the meat keeps showing up here. Whereas a hunter is not afraid to open that door and journey to the other side of that wall and accept the responsibility and the heaviness that comes in those moments of dealing with the death on the other side of the wall. Don't you know meat grows on trees? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I have a bacon tree out back. I just found that out. He really has a bacon yeah. tree. It's delicious. Yeah. Well, if you put it if you put it next to a, a maple tree, you have maple sugar flavored bacon. Yeah. The best. I don't deal with none of that pussy bacon. <laughs> <laughs> You're all about that thi- Wait, you do paleo, don't you? Yeah, I do real bacon. No, I haven't done paleo for a long time. I've done paleo. Well, you, know, my, you, my, you realize hunters were the original paleo diet. Yeah. Yeah. The there's all kinds of debates on the whole paleo thing. I think it's a matter of, uh, I like the uh, theory of hitting your macros. And I say theory because I'm not very good at it. But I think you need, you know, <laughs> so idea. much carb, so many carbs, so many fats, so much protein. You try to get them from the best, most nutrient dense foods you can. Obviously, yeah. that can be challenging to someone like myself who enjoys donuts and pizza and wings. Although, you know, if you're trying to hit that fat, wings is an easy way to do it. <laughs> I love me wingies. But, you know, it is what it is. You got to do the best you can at the end of the day. And to get back to what we're <coughs> saying, have you ever had, and it may have been early on, that moment in hunting 
where you're like, you just feel the weight of that life you just took of that animal. Every single time. Right before I shoot it. No, every single time. Really? You're right before you shoot it, guy, Justin. That seems, that is very, I'm the opposite. Let's put it that way. I'm the opposite. I, I see blood in my, until the thing's dead and I walk up to it, I see blood in my eyes. I want to see it dead. And then when I walk up to it, I wish I could blow life back into it and let it run off. Yeah, I just, I I've know, talked yeah. about this with a couple people who I really respect who kill giant deer. Um, great outdoor, you know, people, you can kill big bucks and not be a great outdoorsman. These people are like, we're talking like great outdoorsmen. I've talked about it to them and they both, all of us are in agreement. I hate seeing dead deer, but I love eating them. You know what I mean? It's weird. You have so much respect for an animal and you try so hard to kill it. Every time I kill a big buck, I'm I'm happy and proud, but then I look and I go, I'm never gonna chase this. I'm never I'm never gonna get another trail camera in this buck. This buck's never gonna make another rub or a scrape. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm very proud and happy, and I'm good. And the the deer's gonna nourish my family and myself. And these are all consolation. But I I, I have shooters remorse after I kill any animal, but it's short lived. It goes away as soon as I start harvesting the meat. You know. So Justin, what's a, what's it like for you then? moments leading up to it you know obviously you, know, you got an animal coming in and you're essentially about to take this animal out with a whether it be a sharp stick or you know a, a bullet and it's uh for me it's exhilarating and you know a little sad for me at the same time i mean i'm i'm definitely not going to not pull that trigger or squeeze the release but it's uh it's tough you know i you put in a lot of work all year and it kind of all culminates to that moment and it's kind of a bittersweet feeling when you know okay i'm about to do this and it, you know it really all happens very quick you know i don't think about it too much and go into it because i have i should retract i do have the a little bit of the remorse after as well you know it's a little bit like okay this is about to go down it happens and then you know I, i'm all excited I'll get out of my stand climb down go over to the animal and then, you know, I kind of feel a little bit of again, but it's, it's with a mix of excitement as well. And it's, uh, it, it's just a bittersweet feeling. It's like, all right, you know, I'm going to put some meat in the freezer and, uh, you know, all the hard work has paid off throughout the whole year. And it's, uh, it just feels good. So at what point does the heaviness go away then for you? Real quick. It's really only, it's really only like a very quick thing. Real quick, the moments before, and once the shot goes off, it's gone? Or is it once you walk up or start processing? I would say probably when I start processing, you know, once I get down, I get my knife out, you know, it's time to get to work. It's like, all right, you know, there's no time for that, you know, that mental thoughts right now. It's just let's get this meat quartered and packed out and, you know, let's get it out of the woods. I can I kind of, I'm kind of with you on that. I feel like the moment you start processing, or you know, cutting the meat out for some reason, it, uh, no, it seems like you're on to a different job now. You've you've yeah. taken off the hunter hat and you've almost put on that butcher hat to where it's like, this is back in familiar territory. This is steak. This is this. This is that. You're not thinking this is back. This is leg. This is. I yeah, right. point, I'm thinking, how much meat am I <clears throat> from this animal right now? That's all I'm thinking. To me, the processing part is um, showing, like, the ultimate respect to the animal by utilizing, like, you know, um, 
I forget. Somebody wrote, wrote a, like there's different st- levels of hunting, stages of hunting as a, that a hunter goes through. And um, like when I was youth, I just wanted to shoot as much as possible. And then afterwards, I just wanted to kill as many as I could. And then afterwards, it was just see if I could kill a big buck. And now it's kind of, and of course, you rush through the processing phase because when you're a kid, I mean, who wants to sit out there cutting up deer meat all night and this and that? You want to go out and kill another deer. Um, but now, to me, it's a it's a work of love. Like, I, I feel like I'm paying due respect to the trophy that I took by getting as much meat as possible, by utilizing every bit I can of that meat. And that helps to, I say, ease the blow. Let's, let's, let's not mince words. We kill things to eat them. We kill deer, we eat them, we poop them out, wash, rinse, repeat. That's what we do. Yeah, you know, it's in our genetics. <laughs> so, but th- that being said, yeah, when you start cutting up the meat, to me, that's like it's a ritual of 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 thanks for that animal. You know, kind of weird. Yeah, you know, you kind you kind of you kind of just uh, summed it up right there, didn't you? <laughs> this, is, this is what we do. There's no. I guess because we can sit here and talk fancy about it doesn't change shit, does it? You can be as poetic as you want, but either way, you're you're gonna cut them from ass to appetite, gut them out, skin them, cut them into final steaks, and you yeah, and you're gonna and you're gonna package it up so your wife, when she sees a steak, she isn't gonna look like Bambi, and she's my gonna wife eat it. Cuts it up. I don't have that problem. She gets my wife loves that's venison. Awesome. If it still yeah. has fur, she doesn't want to see it. If once it's in steak form, she's happy as a clam. My daughters, my ten year old, my six year old daughter. The one, the, like the, their favorite time in the world is when I shoot a deer and they can come out and help me. My, the neighborhood kids, not so much. I can't wait for my daughter to be able to do that. Yeah. So, that's the appetite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shift gears a little bit. Let's go. Let's go fitness here. Since, since, since you killed the the mood of waxing, fantastic about hunting. Fitness in my Let's mouth. Let's talk about fitness. Fitness. That's all Jake cares about. Fitness in the freezer. That's right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> fitness, archery. Uh, recently, I've heard Justin, you are considering making the drive to Western PA. To I am in your first train to hunt competition what has spurred that decision uh you know i've been kind of been into the whole fitness thing for a good 10 years now just trying to eat healthy be healthy and i guess live as long as i can and enjoy that but uh once i got into hunting that was that and it, it was nice to be able to be in shape to you know hit the woods and go on long hikes and obviously being able to you know carry out meat a nice thing as well having the strength to do that and i know you you guys out a lot of guys out west have to prep for that all year and uh i figured hey checking out this train to hunt thing i know a lot of guys out west also do that and it just looks interesting i said hey why not you know i don't mind competing and doing something fun it it looks like an event where people will come together and you know do something that uh it's challenging and i'm always up for a challenge How uh, how's the preparation been going? Have you been doing much specific preparation, or are you going to be gearing into that soon? So I've always been more of like an isolation lifter, just because it's it's what I've known and what I learned first. Isolation you know, lifter, that's a good way yep. of saying that. Jim Brown. Straight up, focus on a muscle and hit it as hard as you can. Get those curls but, uh, for the girls. 
Yep, or for Jake, buy for the guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you strike me as a buy guy. I'm totally a buy guy. <laughs> no, no uh, as of lately, you know, it's funny. Every year, I, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. Then hunting season comes around, and I actually <laughs> – worse shape because I stop hitting the gym and I just continuously hit the woods and I'm pushing as hard as I can to hunt. And it's funny between all the holidays of Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, you know, I, I usually put on about 10 to 15 pounds. So 20. Oh, wow. Jeez, this guy, this guy here. <laughs> we get shooting daggers over here. I know. But, uh, yeah, you know, as soon as the first of the year comes, I always go back, hit the gym. And this year I've noticed with having a newborn, you know, I got a one and a half year old now, it, it's getting harder. You know, you don't have as much time to dedicate to that kind of stuff. And you uh, you really got to push it harder to watch what you're eating. You definitely need to incorporate more cardiovascular into your workout. So, I mean, I'm doing more power cleans now and a little bit of the CrossFit stuff, not completely delve 100% into it. I'm still, you know, doing isolation stuff, but uh you know, it's it's fun. It is nice to have a different kind of workout than shock your body. You know, uh, he said CrossFit. He yep. sure did. We're we'll excited. Here Look, we go. His nipples are showing through his shirt. Hey, it's a great general physical preparedness. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, if you want to succeed in a trained hunt style competition, I'd highly recommend joining Team Omega Wolf programming. Obviously, that it is. More, cross, more uh, specific towards what you're going to be doing than say CrossFit. But I, I'm a big fan of anybody doing anything at all. I don't care if it's isolation lifting, marathon running, CrossFit. You know, whatever gets you out there, gets that blood flowing. Get after it. It'll make guaranteed make your hunting season e er, easier. How about you, Jake? Have you given any thought to doing any uh, competitions, anything like that? Or yeah, I mean. It, the problem is my lifestyle is awkward. I've got <laughs> got three kids. I work nights, and I don't have a set schedule. I work. Uh, um, my brother-in-law, as you know, is a big CrossFitter. This is a profession. He's a professional CrossFitter, and uh, so I work out with him occasionally. Um, back when I was Justin's age, maybe a little bit younger than Justin, I was uh, big into powerlifting. I was a huge powerlifter. Uh, loved it. I go like six days a week, three hours a day, kind of nuts. This is obviously BC before children. Um, BC, I yeah. Like that. <laughs> and uh, children, is that so, what that stands for? So yeah, right. Uh, so uh, actually, then when I was 27, um, I got diagnosed with what they call a uh, third degree heart block, and uh, so I have a pacemaker now. Um, sits right there. Um, but when they were doing that, they found out that all the powerlifting for so many years actually did damage to my heart. So now I do a lot more uh, cardio stuff, um, lighter weights, higher reps type thing. Um, being the lifestyle I have, I have a gym in my basement. I don't go to a gym anymore. Um, but a lot of my physical workout is taking my two-year-old son, put him in the kilty pack and go for a four or five-mile hike, and I scout. You know, um, People say, oh, yeah, I can't go out scouting. I've got my kid today. You know, bring him with you. I put my kid – I've been bringing my daughter, my six-year-old. When she was up until three, four years old, put her in the pack, take her for a walk, take her for a hike. It's a great exercise. You scout. Um, you know, your legs become sausages because you're, you're, you're carrying an extra 40 pounds with you. Um, that's my like, go-to exercise. It's also stress reliever. You get out in the woods. You're educating your kids. You're making them part of what you do. 
Um, but I do have weights set in the basement, and that's you know my gym's in the basement, so that's what I my I hit for lifting. Um, so I've kind of toned it back quite a bit as of late. But uh, eating better, eating more venison, less uh, pork rinds, you know that kind of stuff. Okay. Everything in mod- everything in moderation, brother. That's what it is. Even when I was powerlifting, I was under the belief you can eat anything you want as long as you work hard enough to burn it off. I've definitely looked into those backpacks. You know, they're definitely not cheap because I was yeah. looking at getting one for myself and my daughter. You know, she's at the age. She's like a year and a half now, and I'm comfortable taking her out into the woods. Yeah, kilty packs are awesome, man. And yeah, a lot of people. They're like 300 bucks. They're not cheap, yeah, that's for sure. Cheap. They're yeah. real. And a lot of guys out here, believe it or not, are really into this kind of uh, – you know, doing this kind of stuff now. You know, there's a lot of guys out west. Set an example: Cam Haynes, Aaron Snyder, Gritty Bowman, Phil, Big Sex. Holy name drop! And uh, running you know, the list. Guys are using fitness as a catalyst to evolve their hunting to the next level. Jim Shockey, Eva Shockey, Michael Waddell. Sorry. <laughs> Believe me, everyone on the East Coast sees it, and I think most of the industry sometimes kind of overlooks the East Coast. But you know, we've got our own movement going on, starting up, and Basically, just, you know, don't count us out yet. And you look at the Super Bowl and everyone wrote us off at halftime and look how that turned out. <laughs> New Englanders. New Englanders just rubbing it in everybody's face. Oh, yeah. You got to get that last chapter. Brady in everyone's yeah. face. Right. So let's, let's talk about that. Boston Bow Hunters is a great Facebook group. I'm a member of it, although I am not from Boston, nor do I live in Boston. But, I, you know, I rep the Northeastern lifestyle. Tell us a little bit about the Boston Bow Hunter group and uh, what y'all got planned. Cause I know you got some events, some hikes, all that stuff. Tell me, tell me about it. So it really started off. Uh, my daughter was born last September, and right before the hunting season, go figure. I could not get out of the house really for the life of me. I just had my hands full with her, and everyone was out hunting and doing their thing, and I was just like, I got to do something hunting related, and. I was stuck to my computer and I said, all right, well, I was in a bunch of forums and Facebook groups and a lot of these groups is, you know, it comes with a tough territory. A lot of these guys in here, it's really a very secretive and about what they do in regards to hunting and with all the newcomers that are coming along to the sport, uh, a lot of them are getting put down and getting chastised for just asking very simple and basic questions. And I really just... I got to the point where I was fed up with it. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to start my own group. And I, uh, I don't know. I came up with a name and that was that. And it was nice. We had a, you know, a slow falling to start up and people were happy to be there. And sooner or later, we just, uh, it kind of just grew into this snowball thing and started gaining traction. And then a lot of guys were offering you know real mentoring to each other and you know jake's a per- actually a really good example of who did that jake ended up taking out a lot of newcomers from the group to kill their first turkeys i mean that's out here i guess that's kind of unheard of to see stuff like that you know we have another guy uh named ray isles and he's offered to put guys on his own stands you know his own tree stand i think there was like eight or ten of them last year and to be able to see something like that it's it's, it's kind of rare out here you know a lot of guys put in a lot of their own hard work and you know want to do things and keep it a secret because you know they want to kill that deer and these guys have you know done some pretty selfless acts so it's kind of turned into a family and uh you know we started off with zero people we're up to 
you know, like 2,400 people now. And there's a lot of active participants. And we actually just had our first game dinner over in February. It was nice. You know, we had, you know, we, we had probably about just under 200 people show up. We did it at a local shop, Reedy's Archery. That was cool. You know, they were, it was nice enough to help us out. And everyone had a good time. We had a 3D shoot incorporated, had a steel deer shoot. Uh, we had, you know, like a catered dinner, a game dinner. That was nice. And we also, you know, we, everything we got from donations and from the pro, all the proceeds went to charity. There's a charity we have out here and it's called New England Outdoor Adventures. And we, uh, you know, we linked up with them and said, hey, we'd like to make a donation to you. And, you know, we, this place is, these guys, they actually are, they reintroduce veterans back into the outdoors. So whether it's hiking, hunting, uh, fishing, you know, anything outdoors like that and that was something we wanted to align our organization or group with so now we're you know on to bigger and better things and planning our next big you know summer event which will be a barbecue and we're holding it at like a big uh a big wedding venue out out west called hollis hill farms and also kids we uh, donated a large amount to a youth archery joe ad program um that's one of my my new passions. I'm going to do a lot more in the future is getting kids into hunting. I want to start uh, doing a lot more with the youth movement in the outdoors. But that was one of our bigger donations was to a, a youth archery program. So you guys are actually working and bringing in more hunters, taking more hunters out there, showing them your spots, which isn't very common or hasn't been common in the, uh, I guess you'd say the hunting universe you know usually it's secret everything's secret nobody wants to take anybody anywhere and i think that's a big reason behind a lot of the camp culture die off and uh, you think you know the boston bow hunter group you think part of this is just everybody's kind of wants to be more of a part of the uh go back to that kind of hunting culture where it used to be everybody was kind of together in it together bringing everybody in together you know because we've seen the numbers dwindle you think this is going to help it give that bump back up? Well, actually, do you mind if I answer? I actually, I have to run real quick. I got to take my daughter to uh, ice skating, but I'll give my, I'll inter, I'll interject real quick on this. Um, I do think it's part of, of the one. I think it's also to do with like a new local vor movement, local vor movement where um, there's a new push to provide for yourself. A lot more gardening going on, hydroponics going on. Uh, providing for yourself. I mean, how many people you know have chickens that never even raised livestock? You know fresh eggs it's also about putting food on your table for yourself healthy food um that has a lot to do with it but i also think it's the camaraderie want to be part of something want to be part of a group um i mean don't get me wrong we, we're helping people out we're not taking them out and showing them the tricks of the trade and doing this now we're just getting them exposed to it you know uh, massachusetts has a lot of public land uh fortunately um but i think that's yeah that's a lot of a lot of it's wanting to be part of something but i think also there's a new generation of people who want to provide for themselves uh, hunting is one way to do that to, way to to be part of something yeah yeah i mean being self-sufficient is always a great thing and you know it, it's it is it's definitely nice you know with a dying tradition you know with all the technology going on these days to just see kids get outside i'm happy with that and if i can even help out a little bit and make that cause just where they're doing that then i mean i feel like we're already being successful in terms of that it, it's it's really nice to uh to keep the sport alive so, like Justin said, he's got to, or uh, sorry, Jake said he's got to run, take the kids to ice skating. I know he's going to go and do a triple sow cow himself. Uh, yeah. 
why don't you guys tell us where we can be able to find your stuff in the future or uh, any groups, anything like that, what they should, what you think they should check out. So we're on Facebook. You know, we have our own group. It's called Boston Bowhunter. We have a, uh, you know, we're on Instagram doing our thing, just having fun and making small connections. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look out for us on the rise out of the Northeast. We're doing our thing and setting we're up some awesome. We're also starting a, an apparel line uh, called Boston Bowhunter Apparel, which we're not selling his left breast. We're uh, the threads. <laughs> it's tri threads. You know, the thing is, is, is well, um, like this shirt right here, feels good. It's well made. It's not covered in camouflage, but it says What's I hunt. Say on that shirt, Maven. Maven. That's right. Maven. Not Maven. There's Maven there. It's Maven. Best optics in the USA, and I'm not oh. even sponsored. I'm not even sponsored by them. Right, <coughs> a coincidence. It's a coincidence. That being said, we're fitting a, a clothes, comfortable clothes, not just like scratchy stuff that's covered in camo and does real tree. And that stuff's fine, but comfortable, form-fitting, flattering clothes that you can wear that you know represent you're a hunter, but not being obnoxious about it. Boom! There it is. So check them out on Facebook, Instagram. Look for the clothing shortly. <clears throat> Uh, support them, you know, especially if you're here in the Northeast. Look out. I know they're, they're going to be doing some get-togethers, I think, at the Reinhardt 100 there in Massachusetts. Yep. You guys are planning an outing, you know, a gathering there. I'll shoot together if possible. Maybe we can do something like that here in the New York State, too, get uh, get these boys to make a small trip out here. We'll all shoot together here as well. I'm down. Reinhardt. Uh, other than that, check out thealphabowhunting.com. If you haven't signed up for an event already, go ahead and sign up. Like Jake said, greatness attracts greatness. That's why he's wearing that Maven Optics shirt, because they are the best damn vinyl <laughs> hey, in the U.S. of A. Take a kid hunting. Take a kid for a walk outside. Teach him something new every day. That's right. That's right. Do that. Buy him some Maven binos. And when you do it, use the coupon code NBHGIFT at checkout to get yourself some free Maven swag. Also, if you're interested in supplement for any of these competitions or you want to get jacked and tan like Jake and, <laughs> and Justin... <laughs> Go ahead and enter the coupon code NBH20 at mountainops.com, and that will get you 20% off your purchase. So for now, and hopefully we'll see some of you at some of these events in the future, I plan on going, making a much bigger push here in the Northeast, get some attention drawn to these causes. Um, so till then, work, hustle, hunt, get yourself out there, wake up, chase your dreams, repeat.